0: One of the best parts about any role playing game isn't just the fantastic battles, it's the memorable locations that they take place in, and the interesting NPCs that our heroes encounter.
1: We are so excited to announce Extraordinary Expeditions is now live on Kickstarter! Extraordinary Expeditions was inspired by one of our favorite adventure themes, Dungeon Dolls. Modular adventures that could be grabbed from the shelf and ran with little or no prep at all. The adventures are written in such a way that everyone at the table gets to experience their favorite pillars
0: of roleplay. The first adventure from Extraordinary Expeditions is called Far Touched, and you all get it for free right now on our homepage at CritAcademy.com. Don't wait, it's a free adventure. You can just pick it up when you have nothing planned. Back
1: Extraordinary Expeditions on Kickstarter today. I can't tell you where it is. My swords keep cutting air. Dwarven stall, whoever the hell that adventurer is. Hello and welcome, heroes, to the Crit Academy. I am your host, Justin. I'm your
0: co-host, Ian. And I'm your co-host, Brandon.
1: <laughs> we hope to inspire you with creative content that you can bring with you on your next adventure. <laughs> I am really excited today. Um, it's been a while since we covered the the Monster Tactics-style uh, D&D episode, so we're, we're excited to talk the Displacer Beast today. Of course Um, we are. It's it's one of my (laughs) one of my favorites. (laughs) Very iconic,
0: actually. Yeah, Uh, it is. uh, What was that? Was it your? Yeah, it was your birthday party. Mm -hmm. Breaking. Gabe, Gabe, Gabe came over and he three D printed a displacer beast for him, and he about shit himself.
1: I totally should have brought that on screen to show everyone.
0: It's like, yeah, I got you. This is this a fucking
1: displacer beast. (laughs) It's like, yeah, I printed it for you. I love it's you, so man. It
0: was awesome. It was great.
1: <laughs> uh, anyways, how about we uh, we get into this uh, bad boy, you guys? Uh, I'm really excited. So.
0: Sell them where they seem. Displacer beasts mislead enemies by concealing their true location by displacing light, which helps them evade danger. It's like a black hole, yeah. Aside from the Feywild, they also prowl the forests and caverns of the natural world, where their glowing emerald eyes appear to change position constantly as they stare out from their dark hiding places. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That was really good. All right, then. Uh... (laughs) Displacer beasts, because not everyone knows what a displacer beast is, right? So we really want to get into that. Displacer beasts look like enormous panthers, but their barbed tentacles and illusions make them far deadlier. (laughs) They quietly stalk their prey before bringing it down as quickly as possible in an ambush, which I love. Uh, and it's so funny, the lore behind this doesn't match the stat block, and we're going to talk a little no. bit about that. The displacer beast's cunning, stealth, and ferocity have earned it a reputation as one of the most well-known predators in the Feywild. Now, the creature's images used in heraldry and literature to indicate a character or an organization that is elusive, tricker, tricky, and
2: mysterious. Now... A surprise attack by a displacer beast means a quick death for... Most. (laughs) The beast's speed is so great, and its attacks are so fierce, it can swiftly drop anyone who is not prepared or trained for battle. So if you're a peasant, you're effed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Boned. Um, Not in a fun way. (laughs) So, the first thing we want to talk about is a little bit about the, the mechanics in 5e. Right out the gate, that's going to be important because... Um, we're talking 5e, that's what we play at the moment, so, um, while there's lots of cool other things, there's two real big abilities they got, is they're a CR3, they've got, um, avoidance and displacement. Um, so, obviously, as we go, these are gonna become really critical and are gonna fall into some of these categories, This probably means they're difficult to pin down, right? Mm -hmm. Yes,
0: they are very difficult to pin down. Uh, With their displacement ability and depth movement, uh, displacer beasts can avoid most enemies. Which means the uh, creatures usually enter battle as the aggressors. They attack the weakest targets first, using their maneuverability to slip past tougher defenses. And uh, when hunted, displacer beasts bring ambushes in thick forests or other places where they can quickly escape from enemies that prove too strong. Uh, if they are outmatched or gravely wounded, the beasts nearly always try to retreat unless starvation drives them to fight on in hopes of claiming a meal. So, so with that, the um, obviously avoidance makes
1: the most sense. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, mechanically, um, the most com- the first thing that surprised me is the stat block does not have proficiency in stealth. Did you guys notice that? Yeah. Um, and so. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, there's no, there's no skill proficiencies. So for something as stealthy and elusive as the the Displacer Beast, I'm kind of I don't know why they chose not to give it proficiency in stealth.
2: And for that matter, its passive perception's only eleven.
1: Yes. So um. if so far uh, raw stat wise, it's not living up to the hype of the lore that fits it.
2: You know, I just like I had a, like a flashback to like the Dungeons and Dragons arcade games from. Mm-hmm. Which they did port to game consoles and PC, which is nice. And a boss fight they had in there actually was a Displacer Beast. And the way they, d- they depicted it is they had two on screen at the same time. But if you ha- but you had to pay attention because only one of them has like, a shadow underneath them, and that's the real one. So if you actually want to damage it, you have to attack the real one through this health bar so you can win.
1: Yes. Okay, so Ooh. now you're getting into some of the stuff that really makes this... uh pretty awesome so um, in theory (laughs) so while it's not part of the stat block i do encourage you to at least give it stealth yes um at the very least double it uh uh, i mean give it stealth (laughs) add its proficiency because it needs it um you don't have to do that but you know whatever so Mm -hmm. uh, going back to the avoidance thing um Uh, or the the, the difficult to put pin down, I think this uh, falls most obviously with the uh, displacement, but we're going to talk avoidance first. So basically, avoidance says that if it makes a saving throw to take only half damage, it takes no damage. This gives it a huge advantage over characters that are um, using spell saves specifically, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um and these creatures, while they're not extremely intelligent, they're smart enough to to strategize and understand who is the who is the the weak of the the characters, right?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, because just imagine <laughs> they, they, you're, you're dropping a massive fireball on one of these things, and it makes it safe. And you just, and the players don't know jack about the of beast, right, right. right? And it's like, as the, uh, the clouds dissipate and the heat starts, starts to go away, you can see the shadow of the to be staring at you with a... Like nothing happened. Did <laughs> <laughs> like, take any damage at all? <laughs> Fuck no.
1: And I think that's you what, don't
0: You do not believe so.
1: <laughs> but because of this, this gives us a good opportunity. Um, And we're going to talk a little bit uh, about it, I think, uh, later uh, in the... the, Actually, one of the, the, the topics we have today is talking about how they are prized guards and pets. So, because they can be trained and manipulated, I totally can see these creatures becoming so much more deadly in a situation where they are trained by a character or a wizard or a sorcerer that uses... A lot of AOE type magic, where it doesn't have to worry about hurting, hurting its own ally.
0: That's pretty cool.
2: Or as a, a deck and doesn't care. Or as yeah. a deck and doesn't
1: care. <laughs> but either way, it becomes the perfect ally to a, a person that deals with a lot of explosive type combat. And that
0: uh, yeah, looks like fun.
1: Yeah. Oh, so we got a comment in here that I thought was really great by getting bad at things says, uh, (laughs) my favorite strategy is using riders on blink dogs. There's a collar on it, uh, the dog attuned to a bracer on a rider that allows the rider to travel with a blink dog. That is cool, and I'm totally going to borrow that. Mm. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So for me, uh, right off the gate, it really feels like um, one of the the cool things that we can do is – Benefit from partnering this this creature up uh, and taking advantage of its avoidance, but it itself also is aware of its avoidance, right? It knows that it's agile. It knows that it can, um, it can it can avoid stuff easily. So it's more likely to step into a world of hazards, right?
2: Yeah, um, yeah, that um, makes sense.
1: So for me, if this creature understands that it is a agile beast, it may choose to take the next step of, okay, I'm going to set my hunting areas where there's lots of falling debris or where there's lots of, um, hazards, like, you know, uh, you know, randomly gouts of steam or hot water or lava or, or some other thing that they can kind of jump dodge and, and weave into, uh, this environmental effect that really gets the most out of their agility. Um, what are some examples you guys can think of uh, with that?
2: Uh, actually, speaking of stealth, I just pulled up at Stablock and in past, past editions, because why not? Right. It had bonuses to stealth in past editions.
1: So that's that's really strange that it didn't include that. Yeah. Um, so uh, are there any uh, environmental effects or mm. settings where you can feel you can get the most, most out of its avoidance? I mean, boulders and falling rocks is definitely one. Yep. Because usually, you know, uh, snow probably. If you really wanted to get into a, like ice cap mountains or something.
0: Or like lava pits that spit. Mm-hmm. Randomly spill like it. Like, I the, think acidic swamps.
1: Right, because you you really want to take advantage of that um, uh, the this 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 mobility and the combination of its hunting tactics and intelligence because it as a um, displacer beast. It's very likely to say, okay, or not say, but it's likely to think, okay, the world around me can be just as dangerous as my tendrils. You know what I mean? And so, <laughs> so they're bound to, to go into hunting grounds where that's going to be the thing. And I think it works really well for um, places with like any sort of vegetation that explodes or something like that when you bump into it. Like the eye rot shrub that we have, right? Uh one of the one of the monsters we made was an I rot shrub, which is basically a hazard. When you bump into it you can't see. Um that would make a really great uh hunting ground, I guess you would say.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, what are some other ways to get a uh, take advantage of uh take advantage of the the the
0: avoidance feature of the
1: displacer beast?
0: Mm. Could that go with such things as oh what needs what needs saves?
2: Like, actually, going off of a tip that we played just the other week, a dungeon that has lots of traps. Like, we already established area effects that you can dodge, and if it saves, they take no damage. Like, if you place, like, a lot, like um, explosive rooms, for example, or various other, like, uh, yeah, you get the idea. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, that, that's a really good one, too. Once again, they're smarter than you would give them credit. I think they got, like, an intelligence of six. Um, which makes them about uh, a little ape level, right? Which apes are pretty uh, relatively intelligent um, for when it comes to you know protecting their their, yep. their family type clans and stuff.
2: Or as some people would say, almost as smart as your average barbarian. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: yes. Okay. Um, once again, because the displacer beasts, you know. Um, So because they're intelligent creatures, displacer beasts often hold a comfortable spot near the top of the food chain. Um, Their predatory skills are unmatched, and they possess strong instincts and far greater intelligence than most ordinary animals. Um, Because of this, the displacer beast sets up ambushes. It tracks its foes. Um, and follows clues not just sense like a wild beast and can even lure enemies into traps which is kind of what Ian was talking about and hazards when fighting in dangerous areas which goes back to having an area that's volatile and that becoming their hunting grounds.
2: And kind of one thing we have not touched on yet they have multi-attack up to two times with their more importantly tentacles which have reach Yes. Of ten feet. So obviously most people are gonna think I'm just gonna attack with their weapon appendages twice. It's like, okay, that's true. You can do that. But they're a smart displacer beast, and doubling down on what we were saying earlier, you're fighting inside a dungeon with traps or even drop-up points. They could just as easily grapple somebody and yeah. drag them around. Yes,
1: yeah, so that's that's one of the big things I, I want to talk about. Brandon, do you have anything on that before I ramble for a few minutes?
0: I feel like that would just be terrifying. It's just because they grab someone, they just start dragging them to all this horrifying terrain that they have advantage on. I'm like, ah, what
1: are you gonna do? Yeah. So, um, uh, I, uh, Barbara has a really good point. did the, para- the the toxin juice uh, the didn't the tentacles used to have a paralyzing toxin? I think they did, um, and I'm sure Ian would be happy to look that up for. To
2: confirm. Well, looking at the 3.0 st- stat block, I'm looking at anyway, I'm not seeing it at the All glance. Right.
1: but uh, I'm not saying it's wrong. Right, right. But, but um, I'm just
2: saying, with the material I'm looking at right now, in the D20 reference document, I'm not seeing it there. Okay.
1: Um, so, the the other thing is, so we're talking about their tendrils. Um, they have a reach, which means they are not dumb, they're smart enough to avoid walking into an enemy's reach. They're well aware that their tentacles give them an advantage. So imagine this. The adventurers are crawling through a, are, are crawling through a, a forest or the, the hunting ground of this displacer beast. I think a forest is really good, but anywhere with high cliffs or something that they have to pass through, you know, churning valleys and everything where um, you have to, um, you, they can crawl around and get above the, the characters, which is also why I think they should have climb. Um, the fact that they don't have climb kind of bothered me, Uh, a climb speed.
0: I was just thinking that too. (laughs)
1: Um, that's another thing that I will give my, uh, Displacer Beast because for all intents and purposes, it's a damn panther with tentacles. And if anything, it's got extra legs.
2: Yep, so, does it have six legs. Oh, for,
1: yes, it does. So for me, that's just kind of <laughs> weird, but whatever. Um, but anyway, so um, because they have these long tentacles, they can you know kind of crawl up and around and just start yoinking people from the party, and
0: pulling predator.
1: Yeah, yeah, pulling a predator <laughs> level thing, and that to me is absolutely something that it should be doing during the during its its hunting its prey because it's smart enough to know who is weak and who is strong. If the creature can look at a big, giant, buff barbarian and know that's going to put up a bigger fight than the scrawny-ass wizard. They may not know that, that, that the, the wizard has all this power, but they are smart enough to know that small frame means easier to control and hold. So I can totally see them um, reaching up and, and pulling uh, enemy or player characters right up out of the party into the trees and running off of them.
0: Yeah. And if it's dark enough, they, the the adventures are not going to... No difference between a hanging vine or a hanging tentacles sitting there. Unless they make the proper checks. But just, if you just sitting there, it's like, oh, okay, let's just get out of here and then... <laughs> and <you> just, <laughs> straight up. Especially if you're the one in the back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and For your sure. friends aren't paying attention. Hey, where'd Steve go? I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah. Something I find interesting, too, is looking at the stop block. We cover avoidance feature, obviously, yep. which... Allows it to have a. a uh, take half damage from area effects or no damage, it makes, makes it say, but it's, it's its displacement ability. Yes. Attacks against it have disadvantage when it attacks. And it says if it's hit by attack, it just traits disrupt until the end of its turn. And it strays disrupted while the beast is incapacitated or has a speed of zero. And <laughs> go, going off of the step as I'm looking at, now, obviously, that's how the is um, built in fifth edition. But, oh, right, But in earlier editions, it just says attacks have a fifty percent chance of just straight up missing. Period. Yeah. And it also has like a boost of defense from range attacks, like plus two and three, three point oh, three point five, for example. But yeah, so this goes this goes really well with the fact that. But I find it interesting that though that in previous editions it did not lose a straight, Well, here in this edition it does.
1: Yeah, that's so that's what that's odd to me. Yeah. Um. So. Moving on to the next big power that it has, as Ian has pointed out, the displacement. This has so many potential advantages. Yeah. (laughs) More than just the traditional, um, you have a chance to miss when they hit. Mm -hmm. Um, To me, this means that the the, the creature can appear it appears basically off of where it's at right people think it's you know a couple feet off to the side which means it can use that to its advantage when somebody's chasing it if it looks like it's two feet to the right and it knows that there's a hazard somewhere (laughs) a drop off yes (laughs) it can give (laughs) the illusion that it's i was thinking like (laughs) i was thinking like a a pit trap or something Mm -hmm. or poisonous vines it can look like as if it's running through that and likely somebody is going to what follow them follow them right into it and so if they're chasing it especially if it's carrying one of your allies that it just picked up from the middle of trying to take a nap it you can utilize that in a way that you can the characters will chase it through the hazardous terrain in this case let's think spike growth or the magic spell right that can be just a regular pile of vine bushes um and so that's just one way that we can take advantage not of the mechanic of it missing, having a chance to miss, but the visual fact that it's not where it appears to be. Yeah, what do you guys think about that?
0: He just ran through that green liquid. It must be safe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 well, you can even go with that more if it because ha- it has that high avoidance. It can uh-huh. also
0: just do it. <laughs> yes,
1: and and so there's I don't know. It's just it's it seems like something that it gets overlooked because of the way it functions. Um, oh, Barbara's got a really great point here talking about having it run right through or near a a patch of vine blights. Um, And that's a really great example where now they now have other things pissed off that they're chasing. (laughs) (laughs) So it just kind of, you know, snowball effects or displacer, you know, displacer beast trips your ass into running into it, which is really cool. Um, Now, it is worth noting that it is a magical illusion, right? So you have to see. So that can be taken advantage of um, but I also think that that's part of the strategy that you can give your 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 players your your characters they can develop a strategy uh given a markana check you Oof. know that the it's an illusion so maybe they can um, peer peer through it. Is there spells that give true seeing or anything like that I can't think of anything right outside. True, um, well, True Sight, but yeah. I don't know if there's a spell that gives that or anything. And it actually
2: did say, once again, in previous editions, if a character has True Sight, this displacement ability does nothing. <laughs> yes.
1: And and I really think that that's... I think say,
2: I has say a past edition because that is not going to be the case in this in 5th edition. Yeah.
1: Um, and that's those are kind of the, the, the core features that they have. But it is worth noting that the displacement, they're, not only are they trying are likely to keep their distance, reducing that they ca- the chance that they can get hit. They also are covered in displacement, which reduces the chance they are going to get hit. Mm-hmm. And overall, their versatility on avoidance is just, bar none, uh, terrifying. And now comparing this, I think, to get the most out of it is the combat tactics you want to use when you employ them. They're not going to just go run up, hit, 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 and wait until they're dead.
2: And something I want to point out, too, is they have a... Relatively low AC. Like, in the step block, it's like a, what, a 13? Uh, I think so. Alright, so, uh, so the display yes. ability, I believe when you add disadvantage, I think it adds, what, effectively a plus 4, plus 5, more Probably or less, so, yeah. right. So you're effectively looking at what might be considered a effective plus 17 AC, which I would say might be, what, what would you say, high as high average for creatures in general? What? I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. I was so, something. <laughs> so, effectively, we make it AC about like a 16, 17, 18. So Approximately, would, yeah. Yeah, so would you say, that especially at lower levels, that would make it higher than the
1: average, per se? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Sounds like
2: a punching bag, but not really.
1: Yes, <laughs> it's a punching bag you can't hit. Um, so, we got a couple comments on blind fighting. I totally think that that quantifies as not, they, they that they would be uh, able to not be affected by, or tricked by the uh, displacement.
0: Yeah, that'd probably work.
2: Wow. I don't me know either. much about pizza. Why well, oh. you have two of them? <laughs> I heard you.
0: <laughs> well, um,
1: but yes, I do think blindsight would work, tremor <laughs> sense. There's a few other senses that would work. And honestly, if a player came up to me and they realized <laughs> that it's an illusion, mm-hmm. I would totally reward them if they decided to like do, I want to close my eyes and listen. So maybe offer them a perception check to detect where it's at. And then if they <laughs> succeed the check, they, you don't impose the disadvantage granted by the, uh, by the uh, displacement.
0: I the something snarky. I'm Mc- like, well, you're have a disadvantage, so why not? <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> I succeeded in my perception last night.
1: What? Fucking <laughs> Kira in her earrings. <laughs> Barbarian <laughs> with advantage on listening. That's a good one. I yeah. like that. Oh, that's um, funny. So, uh, t- so those are lots of good stuff. Looks like we got a really nice little comment here from <laughs> Splinterverse. Thank you for joining us, adventure big fan. Uh, mm. Do you want to tell us about it?
0: Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, a free adventure hook. An evil uh, despot. Yeah, despot. Despot. I don't yeah. know. What that despot. Is. Yeah, despot has taken over an area using a well-trained pack of displacer beasts. But that's not all. Oh, God. <laughs> but that's not all. He has somehow given other creatures tentacles and the displacement trait. What the fuck?
1: Uh, so I want to give a, a, a huge shout-out. If you have not uh, per- picked up uh, Villains and Lairs by uh, my boy Jeff Stevens, I did this exact thing. Yep. I, I created a character who experiments with alchemic potions and transplanting, like... Um, the displacer tentacles and actually gain the displacement power. So yeah, that's a good idea. And I'm not just saying because I got that. Um, is there any <laughs> other strategies you think that we could in, in, uh, in employ here to really get the the most out of it?
0: Yeah, I think I got a decent one. Is what? What if there is a pack of displacers right, and uh, one of them using is is using a displacing ability, hiding in a bush while its displacement is outside. Making the characters think, "Oh, there's one right there. We're gonna attack, and as they're attacking it, they get amb- ambushed by the others behind them, like a pack of raptors." Dude, <laughs> clever girl. That is awesome. Raptor train.
1: <laughs> that's the that's the kind of shit that I was talking about earlier by utilizing the fact that they appear where they they appear somewhere else. So if they're in a bush, in their image is next to the bush, the cl- characters are all gonna attack it, and now they're gonna get ambushed from behind and then not even be able to hit those, they just probably get... I just imagine they get, like, tentacles just coming out of the bushes. Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. Now, kind of going off that, we could, like... Like, it, it is worth mentioning that, according to the established lore that's written down, at least, that it's rare to encounter normally more than two displacement beasts, because they're usually, at best, they made a pair at a time, but some of them might uh, become a leader of a pack of other wild predators, because they like to uh, establish dominance within, within a pack, and... They prefer to attack other animals rather than humanoids. Now, yes. obviously, you're a DM. You can choose uh, to not do this, but, but once again, you're the DM. Yes, um,
1: I love this idea, and I think it's really great. And we actually had uh, Barbara says uh, using the pack of displacer beasts, but they arrange themselves to only look like one beast that is moving at impossible speeds. That is cool as hell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when you think there's one, but there's many.
1: Oh my god, yes, that's awesome.
0: <laughs> I also made me think, too, there's a lot of creatures uh, that mimic other creatures in nature. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, there's octopus that can make themselves look like snakes and such. Do you think that the, the Splatid the Beast might be intelligent enough to, like, in the shadows make themselves look like a, a beholder with their tentacles uh, uh-huh. coming up and making the Ooh. adventurers going, uh, I don't know if we want to mess with that kind of thing.
1: Throwing off their perception. Yeah. I like that. I like that yeah um is like there a any giant scorpion so is there any strategies that we've missed that we could employ here um because honestly i'm a big fan of the 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 call of cthulhu style you know <laughs> ripping the the characters out and then having everyone else chase them and then utilizing the 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 after image to lure them into tri- stepping on a raptor's tail or something <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine that? Like, they're using their avoidance to leap and jump through a nest of, like, other beasts as they're running away.
2: Okay. Okay. You know, if you want to homebrew some stuff, going off of the arcade game I mentioned earlier, like I said, you actually fought two Displacer Beasts on screen, but one was fake. So, I can actually see somebody homebrewing an option where there is two on, sc- on the map, or if you're using a battle map, of course but then you roll 50/50 to see if you hit the right one.
1: <laughs> I like that. I like that. And you oh, you can cool. even go even farther with the um you could even go um okay, um giving intelligence checks until the characters are clued into the fact that they can see the shadow yep. and like making it easier to hit them or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um there's a, I feel like there's a lot to you, you could really do with this. Um, it sounds like we've got some pretty good ideas. The idea of the tentacles flailing and giving the illusion that there's something else is really cool. Using their illusion to chase uh, other targets into other hazardous terrains. I'm instantly thinking of what is the elemental, uh, na- the, 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 the little uh, dune gurub. The dune, the, the Galeb drop, the Gale of Dern. You know those things look like boulders. So if this thing can easily dodge them as it's after it's dragging one of the player characters with it and run right through a field of these big boulders, and as the characters run through, stompy, stompy, <laughs> and they all wake up <laughs> and now they start rolling after them, uh, that just sounds like uh, an absolutely uh, a fun encounter that I think would just be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
1: I, I think. Is there anything we, we missed? I mean, we talked a little bit about them being uh, prized guards and pets, and I think that that's something to keep note of because they're smart enough. Um, they can serve a, a master in exchange for regular meals and, and fresh meats, and they'll be loyal as long as they're taken care of.
2: But it also does mention that they may turn against their master if it's opportune for them in some way, oh, shape, or yes. form.
1: Which, uh, it's a really great way to get uh, um, them on your side. Uh, hey, uh, you know that they're mildly intelligent and will, they're very intelligent and will change loyalties based on the reward, just like any other player character. Why did you
2: betray um, me? Because you keep checking Fireball where I'm standing, you Garwin? Yeah. That's, just,
0: that's just, that's mean. What do you do? They don't giving, talk, but, hey. giving Displacer Beast the um, mirror image spell. Yes. <laughs> it wouldn't do anything, though, at that point, really. Hmm?
1: You don't think so? Because if you hit it still, you still have to hit...
2: Oh, wait, I'm thinking of uh, Blurred. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah,
1: because no, yeah, Blurred does would. do the displacer thing, but yeah. with mirrored image, not only would they have disadvantage on the because of the the, uh, the displacement, but even if they managed to hit, yep. it would hit an illusion. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Jesus. All right, well, yeah!
2: I Shit! I <laughs> okay. Or, as somebody else the in chat, like, like, their master casting, like, a major illusion to... <laughs>
1: Ooh. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Ooh, I love it. Yep. There's just so much you can do. See, this is the perfect pet pat for the illusionist wizard. Uh-huh. Like, everything around you is fake. So is the big giant
2: cat you're chasing. <laughs> Actually, speaking of cats, one guy's like, what happens if you try to use an illusionary spell to create a small red dot on the floor? <laughs> I'm distracted this way um, what the fuck? I, I,
1: I approve of this message, and I would totally reward a player with inspiration for that, and at least make give it where it doesn't affect it for one round. Get it, get it. Which on a hit it stops the displacement. I think right if you get hit, or only when it's unconscious. I don't remember. I think if it hit, gets hit, if it gets hit. So yeah. I would totally be on board with that, and you should too. <laughs> All right, I think that'll. Do it for our main topic, you guys. Um, this was so much fun. We need to do more of these. I love just shooting the shit with all the different strategies we can develop because that's going to benefit all of us as DMs and as players. I
2: think.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> well, what, Ian? What's your favorite monster?
2: Ooh, that's a tough one. Just because, like, so many. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to say it. I always seem to gravitate for some strange reason towards the flame skull.
0: Yes, I love the flame
1: skull. It's awesome. It's underutilized. We'll talk about that next week. Well, we'll, I've already got (laughs) topics picked out, but we're gonna. I think we'll do. If you want to see more of these, um, let us know in the comments. Uh, Tag say more monster variants or more uh, monster tactics. Monster tactics. Monster tactics. There's always monster variants every episode. (laughs) Everywhere. (laughs) All right. So with that, we'll uh, end our main uh, topic today. Um, The displaced army i do want to take a moment and do our shameless plug uh our product shame shame for shame our product fantastic feats of forgotten realms is now available on dungeon masters guilds one of the best parts of DD is creating your character so when it comes to this you can never have enough options so in this book, you will have fifty-five new feats for your fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons game. So whether you're looking to enhance your roleplay skills or combat abilities, you will certainly find something that fits your uh, fits your play taste, style. your playstyle. Yes. Numbs. I was trying. To, <laughs> I was trying to find something on my on my uh, thing here because I think I I thought I added it to the uh, thing here and I don't see it.
0: But that's okay.
1: Um, So if you want to check it out, you can head on over to um, rebrand.ly slash fantasticfeats.
0: Fantastic. And now, what you've all been waiting for. Our Unearthed Tips and Tricks segment, where we bring
2: you new and reusable material for both players and DMs. Our character that we are covering today is Varen, the Emerald Archer Diamandu. The what? <laughs> yeah, sounds like a pro wrestler with that last name. Diamandu. <laughs> I love it. Now, description-wise, they wield a very large emerald car longbow and twin leaf-like bladed short swords. His long black hair is pinned up in a bun and held together with two interwoven thin wooden daggers. His hide armor is embossed with leaf artistry that looks akin, to, but not quite, to dragon scales. Yeah, nice.
1: That's pretty cool. That sounds hot. Mm.
2: Yep. So hot <laughs> right now,
0: <laughs> like scale-looking male.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's neat. Personality-wise, while he is a compassionate leader who maintains a cheerful deposition... He frequently stares into the distance, listening. I was ready. Expecting any moment to hear signs <laughs> of approaching foes. And I was waiting. He, he was said waiting.
1: nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was waiting for me. Uh, for her history, Varian's ancestral forest burned to the ground decades ago. He grew up in a desolate wasteland on the fringe of large human uh, city, unable to quite fit
2: in. Almost like the um, elves in the uh, Dragon Age games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's another uh,
0: topic. family. Anyway.
1: So what do you guys think about this character concept?
0: I don't know. What's his motivation? Yeah, what's his motivation? Oh, is that me? No, it's me.
1: <laughs> oh. Let's hear about the motivation.
2: Well, his motivation is he carries around the black arrowhead that he found after his forest burned down to the ground. And he believes that his home burning down was not an accident. And the arrowhead is the only evidence he has finding the one responsible. So he wants to shank whoever did that to him. <laughs>
1: Can you blame him?
2: No. I certainly don't. I don't.
1: Alright, now what do you think about this character concept, assholes? <laughs> 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 That's
2: decent. I think a good player can uh, get a lot of mileage out of this, for sure. And, um, a... Actually, an arrowhead would be an interesting way to, way to use evidence, because there must be something distinct about it. To... Because, let's be, be real. Otherwise, an arrowhead is an arrowhead, so good luck like, matching an arrowhead to other arrowheads. <laughs>
0: That's true, but it's a black arrowhead. What if it's made of like obsidian? Well, it might be black because it's charred. But if you take it, (laughs) it, (laughs) It, it, if you take it and you look at through the light, and it looks like volcanic glass, (laughs) and you think, "Oh, this must have come from like the the dwarves or something," because they're hiding in the mountain. Those motherfuckers bring my force to the ground. Yep. So you never know.
2: Yep. Yep. Uh, Now I'm thinking about like how in the animated TV show Hercules. You tried to kill it Lear I didn't mean, know It was me. We have the spears evidence. There will be thousands of spears look, 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 look that looked like that. Carthaginian tip with a Macedonian shaft. Okay, hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> okay. also says Phil's gem on the side. So, <laughs>
1: so for me, okay, this is a just... really great uh, character concept. Um, there's a lot to it, and it really just fits the adventure theme. Okay. Um, and for reasons why you would want to be an adventurer so, uh, vengeance yeah it's perfect <laughs> so uh that'll do it for our character concept varin the emerald archer that i totally stole from somewhere else <laughs> diamond Dew. i think it's uh isn't that what uh the green arrow is called
2: the emerald archer yeah.
1: yeah oh son of a bitch well varin is one too <laughs> Anyways, uh, moving on to our monster <laughs> variant. <laughs> uh, well, oh, it's
0: funny. We'll see it we'll in court, Netflix. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> our monster variant is the Sorcerer Initiate um so in order to build the sorcerer initiate you're going to start with the Seder stat block you're going to drop its lost or you're going to drop its skills ram short sword and short bow we're going to give it some new stuff instead all right i'm a big fan of some of this stuff right here so the first thing that we're going to do is we are going to give it the uh empowered spell twice a day so when the sorcerer rolls damage For its Firebolt or Scorching Ray, it can re-roll up to two damage dice. It must use the new results. That sounds familiar. That sounds like what? That sounds like metamagic to me. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Uh. Then we're also going to give it Twin Spell twice a day when the Sorcerer casts its Firebolt. It can target a second creature in range with the same Firebolt. If you haven't figured it out, we're going to be giving it some Firebolt action. And then we're also going to give it a Wild Magic Surge, which can trigger once per turn. When the Sorcerer rolls a d20, on a result of 5 or lower, well, that's nice, not a 1, huh, uh, the Sorcerer rolls on the Wild Magic Surge table on the PHB. If the effect is a spell, it is too wild to be affected by the Empowered Spout, or twinned, and if it, it normally requires concentration, it does not now, and the spell lasts for its full duration.
2: So, hmm. uh, yes, the, the, the Wild Magic Surge table. I still remember in my, uh, now Tuesday game when a when the party sorcerer had to, to roll on it and he ended up casting fireball on himself <laughs> and Kaboom, the boom yo and the bard was standing next to him.
1: Uh, That's okay. They were level four. <laughs> <laughs> no knows how he said were. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, all right. So. <laughs> So uh, we're not we're not done here. So anybody that's been uh, there was an announcement made by Wizards of the Coast. They are renewing the player handbooks and the monster manual, and they're updating the monsters' blocks.
2: Well, we didn't know how yet. To be fair, well, they showed some samples. Well. From one document, from one adventure that they're, anyway.
1: (laughs) But it gives us one of the core features that they want to do, and they want to take spellcasters specifically and make them less complicated for some dungeon masters to get right to the point. So because of that, we have a new action called Firebolt. Imagine that. You make a ranged spell attack. It's going to have a plus five to hit and it deals one D10 damage light shit on fire if it's flammable pretty simple then we're going to give it scorching beam that recharges on a six it's a ranged spell attack the sorcerer creates three beams of fire and hurls it at the target within range it can hurl and i spelled hurl wrong it can (laughs) hurl them at one target or several targets and it must make an attack for each ray each one deals 1d4 damage but we're not done. Nope. We're also going to give it a reaction because what would a reaction or what would a monster be without something cool that happens on the other player's turns? So we're going to give it weakened <laughs> shield that recharges. Now, this is my first time, I think, giving a reaction, uh-huh. a charging feature. Um, It's going to have a reaction of weakened shield that recharges on a 5 or a 6, and when the sorcerer is hit by an attack or targeted by magic missile, it sounds familiar, the the spell can use its reaction to create an invisible barrier of magical force to protect itself, giving the sorcerer's uh, AC bonus a plus 3 until the next turn.
0: And that's versus a plus 5 usually, right? Yes, which Ah. is
1: why I called it weakened shield. Right. because he's an initiate he hasn't quite fully formed it only like half the shield forms or maybe it's kind of wobbly or some shit I don't <laughs> know
0: <laughs> wobbly I don't, I don't know. it's like one of, those th- thin, sheets of st- thin sheets of steel that you go <laughs> with <laughs>
1: Oh my god, that's funny! Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so uh, this is a pretty straightforward monster, but I really wanted to tinker with the new one of the uh, new new couple things, the new format Watsy's doing, as well as the 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 reaction with the recharge. What do you guys think?
0: I like it. It sounds fun. Yep. And with its uh, what was it empowered spell? It's mm, it sounds like it's guaranteed to at least hit hard twice. <laughs>
1: Yes, and that I think that's the point, right?
2: And maybe a, new, a newbie spellcaster, but he's just dangerous enough to
0: be threatening. Hmm.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of what I was going for. Yeah,
0: I like the one through five too on the uh, wild magic because mm-hmm. that really shows that he doesn't know what he's doing. It's <laughs> <The> more likely <laughs> <need> to
1: happen, <laughs> and that's kind of the feeling I was going for. Wait till you guys see the artwork I have for this for wow. our patrons. Oh my gosh, it's so awesome. <laughs> If you don't know, all this stuff gets published in our monthly magazine as well as I create it for our patrons. They get a full page of the stat block plus artwork and lore and uh, knowledge check information. So um, a lot of good stuff there for our, our patrons. Um,
0: that's a good reason to join. Yeah. 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 And is not is that available at the lowest tier?
1: Uh, three, I think. I think $3.
0: $3. $3. $3. $3. That's a the price of a cheeseburger.
1: Anyways, uh, our, that, moving <laughs> on to our next, uh, um, what is our next thing it's here? the encounter. Would you like to tell us about the encounter?
0: I guess, yeah. Grumblekin's Arena is the name of the encounter. And guess what this comes from? Extraordinary ex- Expeditions. Ex- oh, yes. I was going to say the wrong uh-huh. Expeditions, yes. Grumblekin is a hobgoblin warlord who runs only the most entertaining coliseum fights in all the realms. Uh, their arena is known for far and wide, and attracts tourists from other lands. Unfortunately, it is also a front for a great deal of crime. (laughs) Ranging from drug trafficking, purchasing of slave fighters, and rigged matches uh, for the purposes of gambling and profiteering. What a dick. (laughs) Recently, the the old lord, who governed the entertainment district, passed away due to old age, and his son, a half-elf noble, uh, Lord Merton Versernicus Versernicus! Hmm, powerful name. Yep. has taken over uh, his holdings. Young Merton does not turn a blind eye to these criminal activities as his father once did. Oh, shit. After publicly threatening the crackdown on the illegal gambling in the district as a way to try and force compliance from Grumblekin, Lord Merton has been kidnapped. Wow, what a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) His family received an anonymous note written on a stained gladiator, gladiator timetable that drew a rough map of the Hypoguum?
2: I think it's supposed to say gymnasium? Yeah, it's supposed to say gymnasium. Are you shitting
0: me? That's not how you spell gymnasium.
2: <laughs> Finish up,
1: damn it. Drew, stop, stop judging my typos. Drew like, hey. a
0: rough map of the gymnasium under the arena marking MV in a part, particular cell. Hmm. MV. So, I wonder what MV stands for. 55? Would it be... <laughs> oh, wait, no. It'd be 105, wouldn't it? I, I think, I think, I think r- it r- means r- uh, Merton Versernicus. MV. Yeah. Michael Victor. The Lord's yeah. family are looking for an unknown party to infiltrate the arena and retrieve <laughs> the new master of the Versernicus holdings before he meets a grisly end. Any evidence that can be accrued that leads to a clear conviction of the Hobgoblin... I thought that said Hobo Goblin. <laughs> <laughs> And their crimes as an additional goal. But the priority is getting the Lord back to safety. But can they do it? We don't know. Maybe you should try his encounter and find out. <laughs> like the whole
2: thing, of like uh, the whole gambling thing. Like, this is illegal. I think of, uh, what was it? The movie b- Police chief! Well, you're shutting us down? Yes, because I am shocked. Shocked, I say, that there is gambling at this establishment. You're welcome, sir. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Hobo, Hobo Goblin is, is my, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> hey there. Hobo uh, Goblin is going to be the next monster. <laughs> Hobo Goblin.
1: Oh my god. You guys are more entertaining than we are.
0: It's <laughs> just a Hobgoblin sitting on the side of the streets water Waterdeep. So can, <laughs> we, can
1: we talk about the encounter, damn it?
0: Using a
2: comic <laughs> can as a stove. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: Okay, so yes, there's a. There's, uh, Inappropriate gambling and criminal activities and drug lords and stuff going on here.
1: Yeah, it's and the new seedy. lord will not have it. <laughs> it's very seedy.
0: <laughs> Finger wags.
1: Not everyone's. All right. Yep. Is that it? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Honestly, I I think this is a good variation on the traditional <laughs> uh, arena style encounters. Yep. Um, it's a slight variation. It's a lot of fun. Um, this is one of the mem- many adventures in the. Um, Extraordinary Expeditions. Um, If you don't know what that is, you can see in the background it is our upcoming Kickstarter that launches... On Tuesday, October 10th. That is just a few days away. Yay! Um, so if you're listening, please consider uh, backing us on day one. Drive the traffic, help it bring this project to life. If you want a free sample to see what it's going to be like before you decide to back it, you can actually head on over to rebrand.ly slash extraordinary dash expeditions and get the far touched adventure free.
0: I wrote right it. right now.
1: It's pretty decent. It's, it's, thank you. See, even he likes it. What? Far Touched? The Far Touched.
0: I liked it. Yeah. I sent a review on that. That was nice. Yeah. Anyways. I reviewed it because I never made it.
1: Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so that, uh, that definitely consider backing that. You guys can help make this a success. Um, and we've already got most of the drafts done, so uh-huh. we're really excited. Uh, <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> just really need to cost a lot to edit it because you can yeah. see our typos. <laughs>
2: All right, And we're... that's why you hit higher editors
1: mm. Uh, yes
2: Our matchup for the day is the Sub-Zero Gloves for, for all your Mortal Kombat fans out there
1: Yes, you're welcome What? So
2: oh. <laughs> Yeah First off, it's a wondrous item that requires attunement Oh, shit And there's no rarity here <laughs> Crap Anyway My bad, it should, be, it should be considered rare It should be rare, but whatever, it doesn't matter I'm Like going. my steak the icy blue and black gloves are chill to the touch. Embla- embossed in the back is an arcane Issei symbol. I'm guessing to say ice. While I, I, the- wearing these gloves, you gain the firing benefits using your spell-, spell save DC and spell attack bonus. Spells here twice. You have resistance to cold damage. Ooh. You gain plus one to your spell save DC and your spell attack roll when you cast a spell that deals cold damage. <laughs> like ice. You can cast a ray of frost <laughs> scan trip, and the speed reduction is reduced by an additional 5 feet. Suck it. <laughs> Suck it! And, as an action, you can release a blast of ice-cold wind from your gloves that freeze the ground. The blast covers a 10-foot square area centered on the point you choose within 30 feet of you. The air becomes coated in the slippery ice and is now considered difficult terrain. When a monster moves onto or on the slippery air for the first time in a turn... It might succeed on the dexterity, the saving check, or fall prone. This feature cannot be used again until you finish a short or long rest, and I'm guessing <laughs> it uses your spell safety, DC. Yes, go okay. ahead, Brandon.
0: <laughs> 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 it's awesome! No, it's, uh... We have a uh, the patron game once a month for the Emerald Tier people, and uh, Justin here is like, hey, what I want you guys to do, um, we need you to tell us why you joined the... uh.
1: Zentarum. Is it
0: the Zentarum? And I need you to to pick a rare magic item. And like, well shit, I'm I'm a gun mage. What kind of rare magic item is it gonna have? So I sent him a message like, hey, can I replace that with like a magic spell or something? You know? He's like, what would you want? So I send him a gif of sub zero freezing the ground, and it's like, I'll see what I can do. And he fucking made me a magic item that freezes the ground. That's awesome! I'm excited. You're welcome. <laughs> Knowing him though, I won't get to like the end. <laughs> of the section next time. <laughs> well, it's it's like, just, where the fuck is my gauntlet?
1: What Here do you, you go? What do you? Obviously, he, uh, Brandon really loves the Sub Zero gloves. What do you think?
2: <laughs> I mean, you're giving players free cantrips and bonuses and resistances. That's generally speaking, what I would call a win. <laughs> Straight up, mm, it's, a, win.
0: it's also Justin. No, Though he'll figure out a way to neutralize it real quick.
2: <laughs> yeah, duh. I'll just have to
1: make flame gloves, I guess. <laughs> Or Scorching Gloves or some shit. That's, your shorts is as
0: big as mine. <laughs> but can you use it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> Alright, uh, uh, I think that'll do it. Um, I made a mistake. The Ki- The Kickstarter launches on the 12th. Apparently I said the 10th. Yeah. Uh, October uh, 12th in two days. Uh, not today.
2: <laughs> One of those numbers.
1: <laughs> Thank you, honey, for correcting me. <laughs> I was very excited, okay? All right, that'll do it for our magic item. Yes. Our Dungeon Master tip of the day is something I am super excited for. The hell is this? Um, So, D&D Combat Simulator. So... Uh, this powerful tool will change how you build encounters in D&D. Um, gone are the days of calculating the difficulty of an encounter with just XP or CR ratings. DNDcombat.com has a fantastic browser-based program for running dozens of D&D 5e combat scenarios in just seconds. <laughs> you select the monsters, the party, class makeup, magic items and spells that they might have, and then you select the monsters of the encounter or create your own. You Um, then with a click of a button, the AI built in will then run combat scenario dozens of times and takes just seconds. And when it's done, it reports out the success rate of the party in a percentage. So So it could say that they failed,
0: fail, fail. fail. I should probably take this monster out.
1: Yes. Fail, win,
0: win, fail, fail. Well, it gives you even a
1: percentage. (laughs) So if they fail a bunch, it goes to a, uh... Uh, it goes down to a, a percentage. So, okay, I added this monster. They are at a, like a 13% chance of winning. Um, you do it again, and now it, I take out that monster. It's at a 60% chance. Okay, that's pretty good. Maybe a, And you can swap them around, and it's so freaking easy. Um, I fell in love with it. I did a longer 20-minute example on our YouTube you can go watch. But... Um, I have never been had a, a hard on for software before, but my dice were
2: rocking. What the fuck? <laughs> and I definitely had encounters where I'm like, "Oh, the player should be able to handle this five net translate." <laughs> yes. Ah, uh, sorry guys.
1: <laughs> um, and for somebody <laughs> like me who's constantly building new monsters, this is amazing because now I can compare my monsters uh, more than just what the damn the 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 stats say it should be. Because um, we all know that the CR rating doesn't really fall well within the uh,
2: the guidelines. <laughs> the guidelines yeah.
1: sometimes. So I still remember uh, to
2: this day when some players decided to reverse engineer monsters in the DMG using the guidelines in the DMG monster manual mm-hmm. to create a, a monster using the exact same stat block, and they came up with a completely different CR number. Yes.
1: <laughs> um, so this um, now it is worth noting. This is in beta. Um, and there's constantly new stuff. I think it's only like 60% done, but it is more than enough done to start yep. using it right now. Um, and the co- the creators taking a lot of feedback and improving upon it. Um, I highly recommend checking it out as a dungeon master. Um, no longer do you have to stress over whether your combat's balanced or imbalanced. Uh, <laughs> and what's cool is it takes all the data from everyone's running stuff and it learns from it, which is really cool. Yep. Uh, great. So, uh,
2: oh, wow. So <laughs> Skynet, <laughs> Pro Skynet. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. I think that'll do it for our dungeon master tip. Uh, our player tip of the podcast is. Don't,
0: don't be, be a, a dick. dick!
1: And you can avoid dickitude by listening to Brandon.
0: Uh, Role playing an elf. Elves are a people of deeply felt but short lived passions. So they have ADHD. <laughs> they are easily moved to delight- <laughs> delighted laughter, uh, blinding wrath, or mournful tears. They are often joyful. Tempestuous, uh, wild, and extremely friendly. Many other races see elves as flighty or impetuous, but they never shirk their responsibilities and commitments. Uh, The extended life of an elf often means serious concerns to many others and are often difficult for them to take seriously. Often, because they've seen it all before. (laughs) (laughs) nature and all its bounty are reversed by elves their connection to nature often leads them to refusing to destroy or even harm anything of nature not even to help themselves Ooh, because of this they often have a deity consisting of fruits nuts and vegetables is that supposed to be diet it says deity Don't judge me. (laughs) Because of this, they often have a diet consisting of fruits, nuts, and vegetables. (laughs) Things that make me look like a dick. They even refuse to harm trees, instead choosing to grow their homes by molding and shaping the natural world around them without harm. Mm, Hippies elves are loyal and merry friends they love simple pleasures dancing singing foot races and contests of balance and skill and rarely see a reason to tie themselves down to dull or disagreeable tasks despite how (laughs) unpleasant war can be a threat to their homes families or friends can make elves grimly serious and prompt them to take up arms
1: i love elves in my opinion, I've, I've read a lot of stuff on elves, but my favorite, believe it or not, is I love the way they're represented in uh, Aragon more than anything else. That's my my jams. So uh, Overall, this is a, a great um, tip. Um, if you're looking to play uh, an elf, follow these guidelines <laughs> and you will be the perfect
2: uh, elf of mediocrity. Uh, great. Now i about the short story again, the gods of every other Wednesday night.
0: <laughs> yes, make sure you're eating healthy deities. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, the reason I was giggling is because uh, Garwin said something about making an adventure based off of John Wick and the Displacer Beast's dog.
2: <laughs> yeah. And some idiot wanted to make like, a clue about the Displacer Beast's hide.
1: <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, Alright, <laughs> don't judge
2: deities of others. <laughs> uh, but, but but no, I laugh the that short story I just mentioned just because... Like, every time they they mention elves, they always pause and go, those a-holes. <laughs> but then you actually meet an elf, and you're like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> That's funny. Why do elves act like you're so superior? Oh, let's see. We live longer. We're better at magic. We treat nature with respect. We establish civilization where you monkeys still live in caves. We're better at hunting. We're better at combat. Shall I continue? <laughs> <laughs> We're
1: better at everything. There's no. still only one. Now I need, I need... Yeah, that's why elves have to have a superiority complex, I guess. All right, so uh, that'll do it for our player tip of the podcast. Don't, don't be a, a dick. dick. And you can avoid dickitude by role-playing an elf. A dick well, elf. Well, I guess. Ish. Well, everyone always wants to play elves like Dritz. Like, I feel like they don't go into the other aspects of what an
2: elf is. Well, can, there
0: is uh, more... Well, d-
1: elves are drow anyway, I guess, yeah. but you know what I mean.
0: There's Anyways. There's other elves in
2: drow, just saying... Yeah.
1: Uh, anyways, uh, so that'll do it for our show today. Uh, um, we do have a gift to give away. Our RPG Fat Loot Giveaway. Ooh, fat Loot. Fat Loot. Fat loot. <laughs> um, today's item that we're giving away is Making Every Magic Item Usable by Ken Carcass. I have to take a moment to talk about this because have you ever noticed that almost half of the magic items require attunement? Or suck. Or suck. <laughs> or suck. <laughs> Um, he, part of the reason, if you don't know, that items have attunement is ones that have attunement usually require, um, don't require much to get the benefit. So you can kind of almost pass it around and everyone gain the benefit. At least that was the original initial design. And a lot of people have an issue with the three
2: attunement limit. So... And this, and to be fair, this was definitely not a thing in past editions. <laughs> yes um so other options in the draw
1: how dare you (laughs) um so uh ken carcass uh went through (laughs) and redid all of the magic items so that there were restrictions on frequency of use and altered them a little bit so that it doesn't matter if you have a tune in or not, because they're limited in a way that they weren't previously. And he did such a great job that I highly recommend checking it out. You can pick it up at rebrand.ly slash every magic item usable. You know, Alicia uh, made me change it because I had uh, all magic items matter, but uh, she didn't think that that was in good taste. In so good I chased it. Out. Uh, no. <laughs> mm.
2: um,
1: all right. So who is our winner today?
2: Our winner today is Brawl the Mighty.
1: didn't win no problem head on over to crit academy.com and subscribe for your chance to win yeah but wait there's more everyone watching the live stream can also be entered to win a copy of this product do it just drop a comment on this video on either youtube twitch or facebook before saturday and we'll pick one lucky winner drop the comment and uh comment below and put don't don't put magic all magic matter. Put in uh put in something like a Fat Loot giveaway uh making every magic item usable. Uh write it in the comments and we will pick a winner.
0: Yeah. It's free shit. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, visit us at CritAcademy.com. That's really good. Follow us on social media and leave us a review.
1: Yes. Yeah. Please like, follow, comment, wherever you're watching, please do. Um, if you uh, uh we do have to give one last shameless plug. <laughs> Our Extraordinary Expeditions Modular Shit. Adventures for 5th Edition game launches October 12th on Kickstarter. If you don't know, um, as Dungeon Masters, sometimes we don't have the time to prep or we're looking for good inspirations. Um, but we always want to... We, very rarely do we run adventures as they're written. And because of that, we took a different approach to writing uh, Extraordinary Expeditions. We took a modular approach where things can be moved around and... Um, change to to fit your theme or you can run it as is um and we do 10 adventures in this bundle one for each level um of course scaling adventures is really easy so you really don't have to run them at that level but um it's um we wanted something that took you into far away places not just the traditional this one's in a forest this one's in a dungeon um one of the big ones for instance is uh one of my personal favorites is actually free. You can get it right now. It's far touched where the, the heroes are called to action because an entire city has been overrun by monstrosities. And when you're plowing through the monstrosities to get to the town, to save them, just to found out that an artifact ripped open and tore a space in the far realm and an obelith is influencing the world and all the villagers are the monsters. And so it's quite the twist. So if it's an adventure, if you like adventure like that, that sounds really fun um, and different. I don't know. How does that sound to you guys?
0: It sounds like a kick kick kicking the morals to me. (laughs) Yes.
1: um, Yes. But also being able to delve into the far realm. And since you obviously do this at level five and can't actually fight an obelisk, it becomes more about what other ways can you convince him to stop trying to mutate this entire area. Um, which is just so much fun. So please oh, yeah. consider if that sounds like something fun to you. You can pick it up below. In Extraordinary Expeditions is going to be a lot more of stuff <laughs> like
0: that. Not every fight is meant to be fought. Yes. No. So. <laughs> Worm god. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, I think that'll do it for our show today, you guys. <laughs> I am your host, Justin.
0: I'm your co-host, Ian. I'm your co-host, Brandon. Thanks for listening.
1: Keep your blade sharp and spells prepared, heroes.